and welcome back to another episode of Chapter by Chapter, a podcast where we cover a variety of games from a variety of eras and a variety of genres. I'm your resident podcaster, Ethan, and we are continuing going through Kingdom Hearts, so I am joined again by our expert, Carlos. Hi, everyone! Uh, I'm so glad you are back. I don't want you to walk away. You would have heard me say, please don't go, and it would have just been as simple and clean as that. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I've had that in my head all day. There. Yeah, I had that in my head all day. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, last time we covered uh, Traverse Town up to the first boss, like to the first boss fight with you as a party that you'll have throughout the rest of the game, that being the guard armor. And we just briefly touched on the events of what happens afterwards. So, if you just want to recap those before we jump into what you can do. Yeah, so um, after you uh, fight the guard armor boss, um, Donald and Goofy join you permanently as party members. Um, so your three-man party is complete with uh, Sora, Donald, and Goofy. Um, and then after the boss fight, um, Leon, Yuffie, and Aerith, um, they pretty much say, you know, send you on your way, give you some money if you wanted to stock up. Um, and then Donald and Goofy also give you um, your... Well, could be your first ability um, mm-hmm. and Donald gives you um, fire as your first magic spell mm-hmm. and then they pretty much explain that hey we came here on a ship we have the ship let's mm-hmm. go to the ship and let's go into other worlds yeah um so that was pretty much a brief you know as brief as it can be uh-huh. uh, recap of what happens after the boss yeah uh but you don't have to go uh, straight to the ship. You do have the option to explain, not explain, explore uh, Traverse Town a bit more beforehand uh, because there are things yes. you can do. And now that you've defeated the sort of the world Heartless, no Heartless will appear throughout the world until you leave it. So if you do want to explore in peace, now is a good opportunity. Yeah, anytime you beat the boss um, and you're still... Um, spawned into the world. Um, yeah, it's like you can said, no, no heartless are going to appear at all um, throughout the world. So if there's any treasure chest you missed, um, you know, any anything you want to backtrack for, um, anytime you beat the boss is a good chance to do that. Um, and then this would be a good, nice, nice little way to explain this. Um, as you're leaving, as you're going to leave um, Chambers Town for the first time, and you walk towards the world doors. Um, you come across this blue mark on the floor, mm-hmm. um, and then the game pretty much explains to you that this is a Trinity mark. Mm-hmm. Um, so what this is, it's an interactable icon that you can only use um, when you have uh, Sora, Donald, and Goofy in your party. Um, mm-hmm. And what this does, it pretty much it plays a you know cute little animation of the three of them doing something. Um, the first one you encounter are blue Trinity marks, so uh, these are called jump Trinity marks. Yeah. Um, you're going to find them always on the ground. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, what the animation is, Sword Donald and Goofy jump around the mark. When they come down, a um, whole bunch of, um, you know, goodies spawn from the mark. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the times it's going to be money. Um, you know, it might be some, like, field items that you can use. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're out uh, and there aren't any Heartless around. So, yeah. you know, tens Cottages... Um, things like that, and then some uh, higher-end 
healing items might spawn. Yeah. Um, so think mega there's mega potions. Yeah. Um, you know, items like that. Yeah. Uh yeah, uh, I wanted to know also with the Blue Trinity, yes, you do jump and you usually jump, come down and then items spawn around you. But there is also a, like, there might be more than just this one, but off the top of my head, this is the only one I remember. But there is one also in the first district of Traverse Town under sort of the open dining area that takes you to the floor above, which has a treasure chest in it that you can open. So, yeah. And there are other coloured Trinity marks throughout the game, but you'll unlock those gradually throughout, like, natural story progression. Yes, it's always, um, you know, they always, they're always rewarded to you after you defeat the boss, um, or after a uh, big major story event. Yeah. Um, is the only one I can really think of um, towards the end, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Always at the end of a world, usually. So, uh, whenever you get the... Where we get the new Trinity mark, um, there's always at least one mm -hmm. in the world um, of that color that you just received. Yeah. So you can always go back and see exactly what um, the new Trinity mark can do for you. Yeah, and so and like there's not always uh, every color Trinity mark in every world. Some worlds have like four different color Trinity marks. Some have five. Some have all of them, etc. So. There will be a variety, so you will very often have to revisit worlds to get all of them. But, like, Kingdom Hearts is a game that does sort of naturally sort of encourage or push, toward, push you towards revisiting worlds. Uh, but there's also other stuff you can do in Traverse Town before you leave. Uh, now that you know magic, there's a door you can activate in the third district. Yes, um, and then, so, if you, you know, when you go through the 3rd District, normally you see this door that's totally different from anything else in Traverse Town, um, and it has this big fire symbol on it. Um, obviously, you can't interact with it um, until you get fire from Donald. So once you get that spell, you know, shoot a fireball at the door, you hear the little jingle that you solved the puzzle, um, then the door opens up and you're able to go through and you see this... Uh, you know, kind of old, decrepit house, kind of off the distance, surrounded by a a, a pond or yeah. a lake. Um, you know, so you have to jump jump on these stones that somehow move opposite of the what a, you know opposite of each other. And once you hit the end of the house, um, you walk in, you don't think anyone's there, and then poof, out comes Merlin. He says, "Oh, you guys beat me here," and yeah. then he magically sets up his house. Yeah. Um, so the the house belongs to Merlin. Um, if you're unfamiliar, Merlin is from, um, what is it, Sword in the Stone? Yeah. Is the Disney adaptation. Uh, Sword, um, I was going to say. So was... he's there. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say. He's there, <laughs> basically acts as a, um, you know, kind of like a magic tutorial if you want to practice your magic, um, mm. and see what it does. But right now, since you only have fire, you kind of just see that it just shoots forward in front of you. Yeah. Um, so you don't really need to practice magic, um, unless you want to you know, get good at, you know, using combos and everything. Um, but Merlin does become important for some uh, story progression and items uh, later on in the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, going to the sort of uh, source material Merlin's from, uh, Sword in the Stone is one of my favourite movies. I used to watch it all the time as I, when I was a kid. 
Uh, an interesting note for anyone who has seen the Sword of the Stone, the uh, statues that are around Merlin's house are of his pet owl Archimedes, so they're modelled after him. Uh, the scene where Merlin is opening his bag and he sort of enlarges his furniture with his magic and it spreads around him, that's also a scene taken directly from the film wherein he does the same in a cottage and he also does it later on in the film in the kitchen when he's washing, when he's like using his magic to wash dishes. Uh, but I just love the Sword in the Stone. I really hope in a future Kingdom Hearts game they do a Sword in the Stone world because Madame Mim, the villain of that film, I absolutely love her. So <laughs> I love her. I think she's so hilarious. I think she's hilarious, but she's also a bubbling idiot. So it'd be quite funny to see her and Maleficent interact in some way. And left it just be like, oh god, do we really need this one? But yeah, it would be funny to see. I think the way, obviously, I think the way Kingdom Hearts is trending now. Um, who knows what new Ooh. Disney worlds are going to add? Um, but it would be interesting to see if they went back to an older um, movie and added um, some story elements from there. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, and something else I mentioned, uh, when you actually approach Merlin's house for the first time before Merlin arrives, you get a little cutscene with Sora and Kyrie, where Kyrie says about how it reminds her of the little nook they had in the island back home. And this is the first time you've obviously seen Kyrie since the, uh, since Desk Islands was lost to the darkness, but, uh... Donald and Goofy just go, Sora, who are you talking to? Uh, and so obviously it's just an illusion, but at the same time it's not an illusion, but we will reveal that later on when it applies. Oh, uh, no, 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 no early game spoilers, Ethan, yeah. come on. Yeah. Well, it's... That is a whole complicated thing, and we don't really have... We are on a schedule, so we want to try and hit the points for this episode as well. <laughs> so, uh... Last thing in Traverse Town of note that at least I know of is the Dalmatian house that's here, which is the Dalmatians from 101 Dalmatians. Uh, so it's Pongo and I want to say either Petunia or Pedigree. Uh, it's Perdita. Perdita. See, I got it wrong. Uh, so it's Pongo and Perdita are in the house and they've lost their Dalmatians. So you now have another sort of completionist element to the game where you can go and find the 99 Dalmatians that are scattered throughout the world, and obviously we will cover uh, where those Dalmatians are when we get to an area they are in. But, so, is that everything we have for Traverse Town? Can we finally leave? I think we can blast off on the gummy ship <laughs> and head to our first world. Yep, so, uh, the Gummy Ship, uh, pretty much all of the mainline entries in Kingdom Hearts are made up of two main sections. You have, uh, the gameplay and the combat, which we've already talked about, uh, but you also have the second section being the Gummy Ship section, which is a rail sort of shooter game. Uh, in Kingdom Hearts 1, it is the sort of simplest rendition of it. It is just, you are literally on a rail on a screen, you can move around the screen and like just shoot at heartless ships and that uh very basic you just literally travel from one world to the next in a sort of straight line and your mission's over when you hit that world and then you give it the option to disembark 
Uh, you do have a gummy strip editor, but you don't really have many gummy blocks, so there's not really much point in using it, but we will dive deeper into that when we get to it. So now you actually have access to the world map, and there are a total of three worlds you can choose from, one of which is locked until you complete one of the other two. So why don't you go over what worlds we have available? Yeah, so um, depending on which uh, which uh, uh, choice you make um, on which world you pick, um, you know, the, the world you want to go to um, can be either easy, a little easier or harder. Uh -huh. um, the way the game kind of describes which um, worlds are, could be more difficult for the player um, is very simple. There's a um, just a little... Uh, little icon mechanic of a star yeah. um, over the um, unrevealed world um, when it's new. Um, so basically, you know, the more, more stars the world has, uh, the more difficult it's going to be for the player. Um, so whichever one you want to uh, pick and go to, um, you know, that, you know, pretty much going to choose if you want an easier or a harder, um, you know, world to go through. Um, so our first choices um, that we have immediately available to us. Um, so the one, the one star world, um, is, uh, Wonderland. Mm -hmm. Um, so Alice in Wonderland, think there. Yep. Um, our two, uh, two star world is going to be, uh, Olympus Coliseum. Um, so you're going to go hang out with, uh, Hercules and Phil. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the other world that gets revealed once you, um, complete one of those, um, it's going to be the deep jungle. So you're going to go, uh, be with Tarzan and Jane and all of the gorillas. Yeah. Uh, so the way these worlds work is it is a circle. So regardless of whether you choose Olympus or Wonderland first, you will eventually end up on the other one at the end. Uh, because we like a challenge and because it's shorter and we're already obviously running through an episode, we're going to do Olympus first. <coughs> excuse me so the way we're gonna do our worlds during this podcast is me having seen every single disney movie that has a world in kingdom hearts one apart from tarzan but i watched that last night in preparation for this so with my wealth of disney knowledge i'll be going over how the world is portrayed in the game how it's similar to the film uh, any sort of changes of the voice actors because quite because like the worlds they selected are all like big budget Disney premieres of the year they were released. I mean, uh, Hercules was released in nineteen eighty seven and that was sort of Disney's major blockbuster of the year. Uh, Tarzan ninety nine, again sort of like the major blockbuster of the year. So you would actually be surprised how many of the actors have stayed on. So I'll obviously be covering that. So, for Olympus, it's based on the movie Hercules. Hercules is actually my second favourite Disney film of all time. Uh, in comparison to the movie, uh, two of the main characters from the movie, Megara and Pegasus, are absent from the world. Uh, Megara does make an appearance in Kingdom Hearts 2, though. Uh, in regards to the film, there is a little to no reference to the overall story, really. Uh, most of the events that happen in the film don't really aren't really shown in kingdom hearts one although they are shown in later games because olympus appears in literally every single kingdom hearts game apart from dream drop distance and concerning the cast so in this world we have 
Hercules, Phil, and Hades. <coughs> Excuse me. So we have Hercules, Phil, and Hades. Uh, Hercules and Phil are voiced by different actors. They were originally voiced by Tate Donovan and Danny DeVito, respectively, but they are now voiced by Sean Austin and Robert Constanzo. But James Woods does reprise his role as Hades in this world, which is quite interesting. So if you would like to jump in and take us through the story of the world. Yeah, I, I would like to mention, though, um, uh, speaking about why James Woods, um, you know, reprises his role as uh -huh. Hades, um, he's he's done interviews um, where he says he will basically, you know, take almost zero to little money um, just because he really loves um, playing Hades that oh, much. Wow. Yeah, that he, he every you know, anytime Disney would ask him to play Hades, he's like, yeah, I'm on board. Now, you know, we all know James Woods as a person, so who knows if, you know, the Coliseum does come back for any, any more Kingdom Hearts games if they're going to ask him to come on. But for for the first few, yeah, it was kind of nice to have him be the, be the big baddie again. Yeah, uh, I don't think it will come back because as of Kingdom Hearts 3, I feel like they are sort of done with uh, Olympus Coliseum. They have sort of covered the movie to its fullest extent. But I would sort of like to see it back. And we've had entrances where it bears obviously no reference to the film. So it would be nice to see it back. But again, I don't really see the point. But no, and I, like, I love Hercules. Uh, as I said, Hercules is my second favourite film. And the reason why I love it so much is just James Woods' performance as Hades. I think it's amazing. Uh, compared to... Comparing his performance in the movie to the video game, his performance in the movie is obviously a lot better, but I think that also has a lot to do with the fact that the animation in the movie is much more vibrant and stuff, obviously, uh, which they do try and replicate here, but obviously with them being 3D polygon models in the early 2000s, it's not very uh, flashy. Yeah, I mean, you know, the it lacks a little bit of that pizzazz that obviously, you know, the... Disney animators are uh, known for, but I think, you know, James Woods doing the best he can mm -hmm. voice acting, it, you know, pretty much knocks it out of the park. Yeah, no, his voice acting is brilliant because, like, in the movie, he is sort of this very uh, smart, uh, sort of overconfident guy uh, who is a smooth talker, and he does definitely replicate that in the film. And it's quite funny. Uh, going again off topic here but something I find is quite funny because like during the course of this world he does like his whole sweet talking routine on Sora uh in this world and in Kingdom Hearts 2 Olympus comes back and obviously he comes back as well and Hades tries to do his whole sweet talking thing again and obviously Hercules is already wise to this and then Sora eventually does get wise to it and then Her Hades is just like yeah I don't care <laughs> yeah I mean Sora's kind of dumb yeah. throughout the whole series, but he doesn't let anyone fool him twice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, what do we do in Olympus? Take us through what we have to achieve here. What's the events? What's the uh, goal for here? Because Olympus is sort of done in sections. Yeah, so our first time through Olympus, we, we come across, we you know, enter the world through um, the outside of the Colosseum gates. Um, it's just this big open field that there really isn't much to interact with now. 
Um, the only thing going through uh, before you go through the gates, um, there's a blue Trinity mark on the left side of the doors um, that just pops up a treasure with a synthesis item. Mm -hmm. And then there is a, um, let's see, there's a chest hidden behind a little bit in the little space right next to the doors as a mega potion. And then there's another blue Trinity mark on the right side of the door um, that has our first set of Dalmatians. Um, mm -hmm. So you can get those right away. Uh, but then once you go through the doors, there's a, you know, brief cutscene with Phil. Um, you know, he doesn't turn his back from you at all because he's preparing to set up for the games. Um, so he automatically just assumes you're Hercules because who else would be walking through the doors? Um, tells you he needs a big stone move. You go to move it, can't move it. Go back to talk to Phil. He finally turns around and he's like, oh, wait, you're not Hercules. Um, so... Seeing as, uh, you know, we're a new new face in town, he puts us through his little tests to see if we're actually um, worth being paid attention to. Um, so we go through, it's a very minor mini game of just, um, you know, breaking pots within a certain time limit. Um, there's two rounds and then the difficulty has changed very slightly from the first to the second. Mm -hmm. um, but once you go through and break all the pots, feels like, oh, hey, you're actually not half bad. Uh -huh. um, but he actually doesn't let us participate in the games because he thinks we are not quite um, up to snuff yet. But he does give us our second magic, um, which is Thunder, which for this early in the game, Thunder is a very powerful spell um, once you can use it against some enemies. Um, so after you uh, leave Phil, being all upset and stuff. Hades pops up out of nowhere and he goes, oh, hey, you guys want to play the games? Magic's up at entry pass and he goes, show Phil this and he'll let you in right away. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, something uh, I was going to say, something I'd like to point out about Phil, again, bringing it back to the movie, is because, uh, like, there is this running joke throughout the film and this is carried on here, where he goes, uh, Listen, guy, I've got two words for you. Uh, and he says, like, more than two words, and that is a running joke in the film. Uh, yeah, so um, funny thing about the whole Phil thing. Um, so for us English speakers, you know, he always says, oh, you know, uh, you know I'm, I'm going to tell you three words. And he says four. Um, you know, people have done a little bit of research and digging. Um, if you actually translate what Phil is saying into Greek, yeah. Um, you know, it is actually the you know, the same number of um, you know, words that he's, you know, saying that it is. So, you know, yeah. Disney biz being Disney, they did they did their research, um, you know, but they still always throw uh -huh. a joke in there uh yeah. for those for the kiddies and some of the adults too. Yeah. Uh I quite like it as well. Uh, obviously that's something I was aware of. Uh I like to think of it as because, like, I like to think of this as sort of, like, the start of the these sort of late 90s movies with all the sort of clever references, and we'll obviously get into them, because that's what a lot of these uh, worlds' source material is taken from, the sort of late 90s Disney Renaissance movies. So that's sort of where that's taken from, and I like to think this is when they were starting to, like, buy Pixar up, so they had the Pixar people, and they started to do these references more in their own movies as well. Uh, and that's just something I love about the Disney Renaissance and their and their movies. 
uh, and it's great that they also managed to translate it into the game when those worlds did come up. Yeah, it's, you know, just the, the fact that Disney was able to even, you know, let Square Enix use their characters in their movies, um, you know, in this way was something kind of unseen of, uh, you know, in this time, um, you know, even for um, video games. So, you know, being being Disney, being Disney, they wanted to put as much of the Disney magic um, in the game as possible. So, you know, throwing those little jokes in there is just one way to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, as you were saying, uh, Hades appears outside the Coliseum after you're rejected, offers you a golden ticket uh, as such, and then you get access into the games! So what do yeah. you, so what do the games consist of? Um, so this first set of um, Coliseum fights it's very simple. Um, so you gain entry to the games, um, and it's a very short um, kind of sneak peek of what the um, actual Coliseum matches are going to be. Um, so it's a very short um, series of back to back to back battles um, with. Uh, different Heartless. Um, so I actually didn't keep track of the rounds because yeah. I was too busy actually just playing the game. Um, <laughs> I don't think anyone's but... really expecting you to do that, especially when it's this early, as long as you keep track of the bosses. Yeah. Um, so I, I, it's, I don't think it's any more than 10, which would be the uh, same number of matches for um, the first few Coliseum matches. Yeah. Um, but after um, a few of the matches, you get a quick little um, interjection from Phil um, after the first couple. The first one, he's just like, oh, hey, you're actually not that bad of a fighter. And Sora's like, yeah, I told you so. Yeah. Um, but then after the next few, um, you know, this is actually uh, the second mention um, of Hercules. Uh, Phil goes into a quick explanation of who actually Hercules is, mm -hmm. um, you know, why he's so popular down, um, you know, in the Colosseum. Um, and then from this one, we actually are introduced um, to our next Final Fantasy character, yeah. um, and that is Cloud Strife uh -huh. um, in his classic Final Fantasy um, VII outfit. Yeah. Um, we see him walking. He walks by us after he finishes a match, um, and Phil just quickly goes, ooh, he's going to be a tough one to beat. Hope you don't uh. have to fight him. <laughs> um and then from there, you know, you do another fight, and then it's shown, you know, Sora and Donald are, Sora, Goofy, and Donald are celebrating with Phil. Um, and then Hades actually has a, a little um, conversation with Cloud, and he's like, hey, you know, you might have to fight him. Hope you don't mind taking him out. And Cloud's like, yeah, I don't really care about this. I'm just in it for what you told me to, yeah. what you told me you could get from me. Yeah, he's in it um, for the deal. So... Yeah, he, he Hades makes makes deals with everybody. So he made a deal with Cloud. Um, he basically said, "Fight for fight for me, um, and I'll help you get your memories back, mm -hmm. um, or get you where you need to go." Yeah. Um, so Cloud agrees. Um, you know, but Hades being Hades, he always has a plan B if mm -hmm. nothing works out. Um, yeah. And then come to find out after that cut, after that cutscene, we fight Cloud um, <laughs> in the Coliseum, and Cloud is. Oof, very tough to fight if you are not prepared with items um, and the proper abilities. 
Um, but luckily, this isn't one of the one of the fights that you actually have to win. Um, it's one of those, uh, you know, another scripted boss fight where whether you uh, win or lose, the story still progresses. Uh-huh. Um, you know, obviously, if you lose, you just miss out on those sweet, sweet experience points um, for beating Cloud. Um, but it does nothing to the uh, overarching story. Yeah. Uh, I didn't actually know you could lose to the Cloud fight. Uh, I kind of wish I knew that beforehand because I was always terrified of it. And, like, if you do visit Olympus first, it is a really pretty hard fight. But, uh, anyway, so after you beat Cloud, uh, Hades sends in Cerberus and Hercules sort of holds off Cerberus while you get back and regroup, but then you charge back into the Colosseum and then cover Hercules, and you have your first sort of boss fight against a Disney villain, and this being Cerberus from the movie Hercules. So uh, what would you do to beat him? Yeah, so um, Cerberus has a couple different phases in how he fights. Um, so the first attack he'll always do whenever you enter the arena with him um, is he will his three heads will shoot um, fireballs out of his mouth. Um, if you want to knock them back for some additional tech points, you can and some extra damage. Um, easiest way to just avoid this is um, either run around the arena or you can actually just stand right next to Cerberus. Um, and the fireballs won't actually be able to find you if you're uh-huh. like right next to one of his legs. Um, it's very weird, uh-huh. but it works. Um, yeah. From there, after he finishes, um, you know, doing his fireball phase, he's gonna just uh, attack you and snap with each one of his heads. Um, yeah. You know, the heads kind of act independent of each other. Um, but quickest way to beat him, you just whack, whack his heads. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, until that HP bar goes down. Um, but obviously if you hit him enough, he's going to jump into a new phase. Um, so every time from there, he's going to come up on his, uh, hind legs, bash them down. That's going to send a shockwave and then he'll go into, um, one of two attacks. He's either going to do the fireball stage again, Mm -hmm. or if he, um, fits out what would essentially is darkness into the ground, um, pillars of darkness are going to come out from the ground that you have to dodge as well as dodging fireballs um so that's why i say you know just kind of stand next to him um once the dark pillar attack runs out and it's just the fireballs you just have to stand right next to his head or right next to his legs um and then once he's finished with the fireballs you just go back to whacking his heads um and then hopefully that that leads you to victory yeah uh, so once you beat Cerberus, you are, in regards to the story for Olympus, you are somewhat done with it. Uh, there is more to come, but do you get anything for beating Cerberus? Yeah, for Cerberus, um, most of the um, most of the big bosses are going to drop um, a, a piece of equipment um, okay. that will guard against the type of attacks that they... Um, did or will give you some sort of additional buff. Um, So Cerberus is going to drop the um, Inferno Band um, equipment, and what that does is it offers additional protection between dark and fire attacks, um, and it gives gives a pretty good boost in defense. Um, So this is a pretty good piece of equipment, um, especially for this early in the game. Um, So I I recommend just slapping that on Sora, 
um, and then going through the rest of the game until you find um, another piece of equipment that um, can replace that effectively or better suits um, your play style for what you're going through um, this play, this go around. Yeah. So uh, you get the, I believe it's the Ifrit's Horn from Cerberus. Then after that, uh, you are free to explore Olympus, but it is literally two rooms and no Heartless spawn in either room regularly. So again, not really much to explore. We sort of mentioned everything that you need to get at the start. Uh, you head out of the Colosseum, and as you're leaving, a uh, Cloud will come past and you say, let's fight each other sometime, fair and square. And you sort of establish a friendly rivalry with him. And then Sora, Donald and Goofy leave Olympus. And once they've left, night starts to fall, and then we see Hades outside of Olympus, playing with sort of like a miniature projection figurine of Hercules, uh, going about how he hates Hercules so much, he then explodes in a rapture of flames, and says how during the next games he'll take care of Sora and Hercules. And it's at this moment Maleficent makes her next appearance in the game, uh, just sort of lording over Hades somewhat, saying, because Hades is like, why are you here? Stay out of this. This is my show. Don't interfere in my business. And Maleficent just goes, as you wish. And then she just leaves for some reason. So I don't really see the point in her making an appearance. I think it's sort of to like try and give the reveal early in the game, because we don't really, in the first sort of set of worlds, we don't really have any sort of Maleficent sort of council of villains there apart from Hades. Yeah, um, I think it's just trying to, um, you know, it's just <laughs> kind of show the players that they have that relationship. Um, yeah. But uh, Maleficent does kind of let Hades do his own thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, pretty much will show that it will kind of bite yeah, him in the butt towards heck. the end. Yeah. Um, but that happens to all the bosses. Yeah. So. Uh, we'll cover yeah. that as it happens. So, that'll do it for this episode of Chapter by Chapter. Uh, next episode, we'll be covering the next Disney World on your list. Uh, so, if you went to Wonderland first, the next episode will apply to you because, naturally, you should go to Deep Jungle so you don't have to do extra gummy ship missions. So, uh, we'll cover that next week. Uh, would you like to share your YouTube with everyone before you go? Yeah, um, so I actually have uh, <clears throat> uh, my YouTube channel. I um, regularly post uh, pretty much the uh, archive footage of um, whatever I uh, recently stream. Um, so obviously for you know this uh, this <clears throat> this season, uh, I'm going through Kingdom Hearts. However, at the time of the release, I might be playing something different. Mm -hmm. uh, might be another title in the Kingdom Hearts series or something totally different. Um, so if you want to catch the videos at any point, um, go ahead and check out my YouTube. Um, it is youtube.com backslash uh, the 1825. Um, and if you actually want to catch uh, the streams live, I stream over on Twitch. Um, and that is twitch.tv backslash the 1825. Try and make it simple for everybody to try and find me. Yeah, uh, we'll put all of your information in the description. Uh, we are also... 
So we have a Patreon that you can subscribe to. If you do, you'll get episodes a week early before they release publicly. There is a trio of tiers on the Patreon. If you join one of the higher tiers, you'll be automatically entered into a prize draw where you can win a copy of Kingdom Hearts on the PS2, so it would be the original version. Uh, so you can enter a prize draw for that, which we'll be doing. Uh, you can enter it if you're not subscribed to Patreon, but obviously you will have to pay for it because we need the money to buy this game somehow. Uh... We have our Twitter page, which you can follow for updates and etc. Episodes of the podcast will be released on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube from now on. So listen on whatever takes your fancy. Uh, and if you think you have a wealth of knowledge and can join us on a future season, then please get in touch with our email, which again will be linked in the description below. So thank you for joining us. For this journey.